driving into the crossroads of sports and politics. We are the Bill Bradley Collective. Here are your hosts, Ed, Zach, and Andrew. Welcome to our seasonal focus episode on the Bill Bradley Collective. We are talking about dynasties, but first we're just going to introduce ourselves. How you doing, Andrew? Doing all right. Um, I'm not one to complain about the heat, man. And I know it's still technically summer, but after Labor Day, it cannot be this hot for like four successive days. It's I just it should be it should be. What do we do about this, guys? Even tonight, it's sticky. Well, we it's gross. Uh, no sun too. Yeah, no, no, we no uh, to uh, we. What we do about it is is reject any possible uh, conservational uh, efforts at all, and we just don't it. we don't let them out of uh, Congress. I don't know. A guy glued his feet to the U.S. Open last <laughs> night to try to change things. That's been a thing in the, this whole tennis season. There have been these like uh, demonstrations yeah. at all the majors. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah it's. It, these the guys throwing eggs at paintings. It's it's really hard to see the link. I mean, it is funny. We did an Australian Open episode way back about the heat. Yep, we did. Yeah. India fires. Right? Wasn't there fire, yeah. wildfires back then? Yeah. Yep. Um. We we those are evergreen episodes or or ever brown episodes. So, Andrew, mm-hmm. is that because the sun killed it? Four retired players have three thousand hits. <laughs> 300-plus home runs, 3,000-plus hits, 300-plus home runs, and a 300-plus career batting average. Only four retired players have that. Miguel Cabrera is going to get that, too. Stan Musial, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron are three of them. Who is the fourth? And I'll give you a hint. He played his entire career with one team. 3,000 hits, 300 home runs, 300 average. Yep. George Brett. Ding, 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 ding. That is... Correct. I had guessed Al Kaline, and Al Kaline's lifetime batting average was two ninety eight. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I so I was, the other I was pretty close. Yeah. Um, yes, that is correct. And George cool. Brett, obviously alive, thankfully alive. Yeah. How are you doing, Zach? Yeah, sweating. Yeah, it's it, it is. Yeah, it's still wet. It's still uh, still balmy out here. Um, so this leads us into our seasonal focus because it's about football predictions. In Lisa the Greek. Lisa predicts the winner of the Super Bowl in the episode, even though the episode was played three days before the Super Bowl was played. What was the game, and who did she pick? Oh, man. I remember if one team won, it meant she loved him, and if another team won, it meant she lost, or she didn't love him. Right. Oh man, I got no. I have no. I, I don't even remember. That's like a later season. No, it's season three. That's season three. Season so that was all right. That was Even ninety. Year. Maybe that, that was ninety-one, yeah. ninety-two. Redskins is one. Yes, and who they beat? Or who they play? The Buffalo Bills. Yeah. No. Oh really? The Denver Broncos. Oh, oh so it wasn't a real. Wait, was it? Yeah. They beat Denver. That was like first season. That was like yeah, yeah, it was um, early. Yeah, so it's very early. Yeah, good episode, though. Good episode. And the reason that was our question is because we're talking about dynasties, and we are going to talk about... Also, also we should put a, a, a disclaimer. We're going to call them the Redskins when they were the Redskins, and we're going to call them the football team when they're the football team. Like, it's history. Yeah, we're not going to call them the Commanders once. No. Right, yeah. Yes, it, it, it is. Except it, for that one time right there. Right, yeah. <laughs> it is weird 
to try to work around it, and you just can't do it. So we basically started the dynasty run with the hiring of Joe Gibbs when we talked about it pre-show. People will be stunned to know that we actually talk about things pre-show to get this ready. But that overlooks the fact that for about a four-year stretch in the early 70s, they were quite good. George Allen coached what he called the Over the Hill Gang. Everybody was really old. He had Sonny Jurgensen and George Blanda. Was, no, Sonny Jurgensen and Billy Kilmer playing quarterback. Was this the same area when there was like the Hogs? The Hogs come later. later. We're going to talk about the Hogs later. Um, in the Super Bowl, when they played the Dolphins, where they lost 14-7, to the last undefeated team, the most annoying team in human history, <laughs> um, George, uh, George Allen... You know, uh, the Dolphins introduced their defense, and George Allen it had his special teams introduced. He was uh, quite the guy. And then they were good, then they took a little dip, and they bring in Gibbs. And Joe Jackson Gibbs had been the offensive coordinator for San Diego State and then the San Diego Chargers at the time. And Eric Coriel, he was the offensive coordinator. But didn't he, didn't he, inv- he invented, like, the single back formation or something? He invented the counter tray. Yeah, he yeah he, he like revolution the right. running game. Right, but of course in in San Diego, he ran the passing game, and that passing attack was historic, incredible. Dan Fouts at the helm, um, but but Gibbs was one of the early innovators of that that sort of air raid that Eric Coriel. And it's funny the juxtaposition of like that as a coordinator with what his his as a head coach, what his teams kind of how they played stylistically. There's a real contrast. Correct. Um, so we're going to kind of go through this chronologically. Um, the Redskins, Jack Kent Cook went through a stretch of time where he was just hiring former Redskins. Uh, Jack Pardee had been the coach. He got fired him. Um, and Cook, who prided himself on being able to spot Good leaders. He hired Jerry West to run his uh, run a basketball team. He hired Sparky Anderson, who was a reserve infielder, to, to be a manager. Liked Gibbs, interviewed him, and hired him. They go eight and eight, and then there's a player strike in Gibbs' second year. Tell me a little bit about that team, Andrew. The 1981 or 82. Washington Redskins, 82 Washington Redskins. Sure. There's a nine-game season, and it's kind of, and we'll get to that too, the fact that two of their their first two Super Bowls come were two years where there's serious labor strife. Um, This is a nine-game season. They go eight and one. They run through the playoffs uh, quite literally on the back of of John Riggins, who has an historic, sets at the time, a lot of Super Bowl records, rushing attempts, rushing yards. He's the MVP. It was a great playoff um, format too. Sixteen teams. 16 it was like teams, everybody gets everybody. It. it was like imagine that just the sixteen teams. I I'm here for that. Awesome. If we want to like change the playoff format, like I don't know, fuck it, chaos. I mean, <laughs> first of all, Riggins, ex Jet. Yeah. They they let him go because they thought he had personality issues. In the Super Bowl, thirty eight carries. Mm-hmm. That's a record we're not seeing broken. For 166 yards. Did you see Joe Theismann's stats in that game? I imagine they're pretty pedestrian. He was 15 for 23 for 143, <laughs> two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, did, it's escaping me now. That was, they played um, Miami that, 
they played Play Miami, a yeah. Miami team right. that as I stared pre, at pre it. Elway. Yeah. I'm sorry, pre-Marino. Right. As I stared at it, I could not. This has to be the worst Super Bowl team ever. That's what that sort of a season will produce. Right. Uh, David Woodley was a starting quarterback. He went four for 14 for 97 yards with a pick in the Super Bowl. Don Strzok came in. He went 0 for 3. So they went 4 for 17 as a team. Their lead back was Andra Franklin, a man I have no memory of whatsoever. I know know nothing about these people. 16 for 49. I remember Tony Nathan. David Woodley gained 16 yards on the ground, so he would have gotten 4, 8, 9.6. He would have gotten uh, 7.6 fantasy points. Their leading receiver, because Nat Moore at this point was just a corpse, Joey, so- Jimmy Cephalo, Cef- uh, Cephalo, uh, Jimmy Cephalo, Cephalo. I have never heard of any of these people. Well, Jimmy Cephalo had a, te- a long television career after his playing career. Um, I think the biggest thing is it, it's this, it's the start of this kind of what well, becomes a pseudo dynasty, but it happens in a very kind of flukish manner. It's a really good team, but they only play nine games. And sure, they win four playoff games, but they play this, as Ed outlined, a pretty mediocre Miami team. It's not an asterisk championship. But it's the closest thing the NFL has from a team crowned in a nine-game season. It's an asterisk championship. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, I don't think the bubble is, but this was just weird. Didn't they? Is this the year that they had the replacement players and then they didn't count the games? No, that was uh, the other one. Right, right. They just they had well, week four through six were the replacement players. Right, and then they didn't count those games or something. Because no, they counted. They counted. That's how they got into the playoffs. That's how the that's how the Reds the skids got into the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. We know that from documentary your favorite, film. Your favorite the re- movie. Yeah, The yeah. Replacements. The, 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 the scabs. 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 So, so yeah, so they, they win the Super Bowl. They come back the next year, go 14-2. and two, Go in the first round of the playoffs, they beat the Rams 51-7. to seven. Then they beat the Niners 24-21 in a last-second field goal. And they end up in Super Bowl 17, uh, 18, and they are two-point favorites and get the holy hell pounded out of them, 38-9. Do you remember this game? I remember turning it off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember just not, like, I remember deciding I'm not watching it. You watched Marcus Allen, though. You've spoken very highly of him, so <laughs> that was that was the Marcus Allen game. Yeah, that uh, was the Marcus the Allen. That was the Marcus Allen game. By the way, in that uh, eight and one season, do you remember who the uh, MVP was? Another thing that'll never yes, happen. The kicker, John uh, Mosley. Mark Mosley. Mark, Mark, Mark Mosley, who went 21, 20 for twenty one from field uh, field goals and hit eighteen extra points, and he wins the MVP. The, it's like, the most indefensible MVP choice across all four major sports. It's not close. That is number one with a bullet. The absolute most indefensible is, is that. Yeah, and, have it. and you know, oh, and he hit a lot of clutch field goals. They went eight and one, and they were going to make the playoffs yeah. anyway. So I'm so. not sure how much that matters. <laughs> um, then they go uh, the next year is '85. That's the Joe Theismann year, where I was watching that Monday Night Football game where he Taylor hits him and breaks his leg. It what was in the moment the most nauseating thing I've ever seen in my life because it wasn't like. It wasn't like you doubted what happened. It's like, oh, I mean, thank God there wasn't high def. And it was terrible. And they go with Jay Schrader. Is it Schrader or Schroeder? Schrader. I believe right? it's Schroeder. I think Jay it, Schroeder? I think it's an o. Oh, Schrader. All right. Doesn't matter. And There's, we, there is a football Jay Schrader. 
Okay, maybe that's where I got. 86, they go 12 and 4. The 85 team, you know, that's the Bears team. The 86 team is the Giants team. These are great, great teams. Now, who does who does Washington beat in the divisional round that year? They beat the defending the, champ Bears. Bears. Yes, that's they beat. pretty much all the same guys back from the team before. Right. Team before. Yep, so. That was also Gibbs. That was also the game where Gibbs uh, set the record for the Redskins for being the winningest coach in that playoff game. He had seventy at that point. Right. Like it just goes yeah. to show, like that's also that sure. we're what six seasons into him being the coach, he's already had seventy wins. Oh the, yeah, this team was loaded. They back yeah. up that fluky Super Bowl with again fourteen and two losing the Super Bowl. The Bears ran over everybody in eighty five, eighty six. They beat the Bears. They run into the Giants in the conference title game. Uh, the Giants shut them out. Yeah, a great Giants team. You know, <laughs> right? To be fair. Um, and then in eighty seven, they come back again. They beat the Bears again. Then they beat the Vikings in what was a tough game, and they go to Super Bowl twenty two, and that game was uh, a pounding, a walloping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first black quarterback to ever win uh, a Super Bowl, and by the way, a man that Gibbs insisted on drafting goes back to Buccaneers, right? Seventy eight, right. You know, Tony Dungy said, people don't realize that Joe Gibbs changed the uh, face of the NFL by having the courage to say in a southern town at that time that Doug Williams is a guy we should take. When Tampa drafted Doug, it shot, uh, shocked the whole country to take this unknown from Grambling over those stars from Pitt and Stanford. But that was Gibbs. He was looking for the best player possible. And, and also, like, when the Redskins do ha- like had a history of integration problems. Right. Like, you know, early on, like the 30s, I think, or the or 50s. 50s. Yeah, 50s were the integrated. the reason why they are so bad throughout the 50s and 60s. It's, right. It's kind of the un- unwillingness to, to integrate. But, but Gibbs gets there, and that that all changes. And I remember I remember Williams just getting all kinds of shit about not being smart enough. Like, just constantly. Which is still, that's still talked about today with black quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean. I mean we still, that's still what scouts, you know, quote unquote, scouts say. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson's a slow processor. Well, why do you think that? Well, he's more an athlete than a quarterback. I mean, there's still was it was it's, it? It's the comps. Did Pat McAfee say it? It is. It's the. It's that. It's the comps. It's how every black quarterback coming to the league is compared to another black quarterback. We had that problem thirty years ago, twenty years ago. We still have it, which is just right mind boggling. Well, they, the that's why uh, they don't know what to do with C.J. Stroud because right. C.J. Stroud doesn't run ever. And he's who's there? he's Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and they say, "Well, he's white. he reminds us of Fields." No, he doesn't. He's nothing like he's Fields. Nothing like Fields. I am playing. I have he, the defense playing against CJ Stroud this week, so I'm very happy about that. He gets overshadowed in that game too, because oh, yeah. it's Timmy Smith that's the MVP, and Smith breaks Riggins's yeah. r- rushing records. Right. Really? Yeah. So let's look at this. He's got the he, Smith record still holds today. It was yes. like, yeah, 218 yards. 200, yeah, yeah two, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think of like. I'm sorry. I don't think anybody said 200. I'm trying to think of like great rushing performances, you know, out in the last 18 years that I can remember. And there really weren't any. Like Terrell Davis, maybe, but. 200, 200. 202 is a lot of yards. Yeah, two touchdowns. Williams went 18 for 29 for 340. Ricky Sanders had nine receptions for 193. They nearly had a 200 yard rusher and a 200 yard receiver in the same game. The team got 602 yards of offense, and they took all the starters out in the third quarter. Like that game could have been, that game could have been 80. Like it was unbelievable. That's a good Broncos team. 
you know? That's Yeah, uh <laughs> uh Elway threw three picks that game. Um it's they forced other quarterbacks to play very badly against them in all three Super Bowls. Jim Kelly threw four interceptions and had a fu- and lost a fumble in the game that uh, will be coming up. That bill- the uh, when they beat the Bills, the Bills fumbled six times and recovered five of them. That game could have also been in the seventies. Sure, but but no Williams. You know to see Williams come in and play that well. I, I mean I, I liked Williams a lot. You know we forget. You know we we see. Um, we see Deion Sanders coming out of the HBCUs. But for a long time, Grambling had more players in the NFL than any other team because they couldn't go, they couldn't play in South, at Southeast Conference schools. Blacks didn't play there. So everybody came out of Grambling. And Williams was about the last great Grambling player because, because the SEC schools started recruiting blacks. Then they go, and they have a couple down years. And then the Redskins win their first 11 games and finish the season 14-2. and two. This is 1991. Yep. Yeah. They, um, they beat the Falcons and the Lions. They killed the Lions in that game. 41-10. Yeah, it was yeah. a combined 64-17 to 17 through those two games. Yeah. Yeah, it's – I don't remember that Falcons team very well. Jerry Glanville, baby. Oh, that's right. It was a, it was a Glanville team. Too legit to quit. Right. I remember Glanville running a flea flicker from his own one-yard line in what was the craziest play ever ever called. Um, it was a safety. And then he wins, comes back the next. They win the Super Bowl overwhelmingly, as we talked about. That is the uh, Rippin team. Yeah, Mark Rippian gets the MVP. Rippian. That, that, that Super right. Bowl. Right. Although he didn't play amazingly well, he played okay. I'm trying to look for it. 37-24 final. Um, right. Monk and Clark become this only, I think, the third pair of receivers to both go over 100 yards. Uh, Clark had seven catches for 113 yards and a touchdown, and Monk had seven catches for 112 yards and no touchdown. But Ribbon only, only threw for 202 yards. It was more a defensive performance than anything. As I said, six fumbles, four interceptions, a lost fumble. The Bills, after nearly beating the Giants in... Was the year before. The year before. The year before. Uh, then got just curb stomped in three consecutive Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Then he comes back. He coaches one more year. And then he retires. Um, Would we say that's the end of the dynasty? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, if absolutely. it's not if it's not Gibbs' retirement, it's when um, Jack Cook dies. Jack Ken Cook, right. Yeah, it's either one of those two. It's like it either ends when Gibbs dies or it, you know, is completely done once Jack Ken Cook dies and they sell the team. Gibbs, right. Gibbs gets out there in the early 90s, and like the, the Cowboys and Niners absolutely dominate the NFC, dominate the NFL for much of the 90s, and the Packers kind of yep. come in at the end there. So they're just kind of overwhelmed, but it, it that's the beginning. I guess Gibbs leaving is the beginning of the end, and the dead stone-cold end is, is the death of, of Cook right. for sure. Because that leads us to right. It leads us. Well, we'll, we'll get there in a minute. No. Gibbs, though, is not done with sports. I mean, he also goes back and coaches, but he ends up founding a NASCAR team that wins five championships, and he's in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It was elected in 2020 uh, during the COVID year, so it wasn't the usual raucous crowd. So, any ideas on who the other? I I could find four 
athletes, and I mean Gibbs doesn't qualify as an athlete, but he was not a an owner. Four who ended up in multiple Hall of Fames. Three of them are in the Track and Field Hall of Fame, and another one. It's Bob Hayes. It is Bob Hayes. For sure. It is Jim Thorpe. Uh, and it's Bronco Mil- Nagurski. Babe Dittrickson Zaharias oh, sure. is in the, the, the Golf Hall of Fame and the uh, Track Hall of Fame. The only one not in the Track Hall of Fame might be the greatest football player who ever lived. Jim Brown. Jim Brown is in the Hall of Fame for both um, football and lacrosse. lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are no films remaining of him playing lacrosse, but he supposedly was so much better than everybody else. I think Syracuse went like not only undefeated, they went they they won every game just in a rollover. Um, Jim Brown, of course, just very recently passed away. Michael Wilbon, uh, who we see every morning on ESPN now and on all the NBA shows in ESPN for a long time, long time, was the, a sports columnist at the Washington Post, and he covered the Redskins, and he, and he covered everything. He was you know, the, kind of the guy there with Kornheiser. He, on, on record, said that if there was a Hall of Fame for owners um, in two sports, in two sports, that JKC, Jack Kent Cook, like deserves to be that. Because not only for his run with the Redskins, but also... The 1972 champion Los Angeles Lakers, right. um, which we kind of mentioned that he was the owner there. Um, he hires, again, Jerry West to kind of build what becomes a real dynasty in the 80s. Um, but Wilbon here, he seriously believes that if there, if there was a Hall of Fame for owners, um, Cook belongs in two, both basketball yep. and football. Yeah, I mean, the, it's so weird to think about this dynasty because when you think about that era, like the 80s and 90s, you never think of... You never think of the Redskins. Well, I mean, no. having been there, I do. I mean, they made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven eight playoffs in 11 years um, and went pretty far. Oh, but I mean, like, when, dyna- when great football dynasties are talked about, like, nobody's bringing up the 80s Redskins. It's always... You know, the 2000s Pats. It's 80s well, 49ers. 80s 49ers. Well, 80s Steelers. Yeah, right. It, it's um, it, it's those teams. Um, but, you know, Gibbs goes 154 and 94 in his career. That's including a second stint. That's where he goes 24 and 23. So he is 130 and 61 in his first stint. It's like 70%. He also, really good. right, he won 70%. 71% of his playoff games. And, um, you know, and he's also the only coach with a winning record, I believe, in the Snyder area, era. So does this qualify as a dynasty? So the way I look at it is the Raiders beat Washington in that rematch in 83. And then from 84 until the Broncos in 98, the NFC wins every single Super Bowl. Uh, for, I mean, it's a 14, 15-year stretch. They go, they win all of them. And in that stretch, you have the that 80s Niners dynasty. You have that 90s Cowboys dynasty. But right there in the most competitive conference, perhaps in the history of football, that kind of decade-plus stretch of NFC football from the early to mid-80s to the mid-90s, right. Redskins win three Super Bowls. Same coach, three different quarterbacks, which is unique. What was the constant? Art Monk was on all three teams. Art Monk. Retires as a Jet, but he's like one of the great Redskins of all time. Um, a lot of the names changed. 
quarterbacks changed, but the coach, Bobby Bethard, who we are only mentioning now, Bethard, GM, kind of the architect of the team from like a front office perspective, those were the constants. It's kind of a, it's a pseudo dynasty. It, it's, it's, a, it's a broad window with a lot achieved with kind of the same brain trust. So for, yeah, I mean it's it's remarkable that they had three different quarterbacks in any other other dynasty in they're, football. They're, that when they talk about them, it's always one guy. I believe they're the only team that has obviously they have to win three or more Super Bowls, but that has three or more and has three different quarterbacks. Yes, um, um, and they went. No, and, they're, no, he's the only coach that does because the Packers had. Oh, well, that's, that's the only one. Yep, star. No, there's, there's another one Rogers. too. I did think of that earlier. Uh, well, Host- it's Hostetler, but Hostetler is a backup. And right, okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's fair, right, right, it's fair, right. Um, Sims, Manning, and they, but they were also the most, like the most famous team. They were, or one of the most. I mean, you talked about the Hogs. You know, those yeah. guys dressing up as women with Hogs noses. The Hogs. I was shocked when I, I'm going through the list of the Hogs, and only one of them's in the Hall of Fame. I thought two were in. They they only listed one in Russ, the article. Russ Grimm, Joe Jacoby. Joe Jacoby's not in the Hall of Fame. That's a that's a travesty. Uh, Mark May's not in the Hall of Fame. Schlereth is not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, these guys are also around still. Uh, you know, All Schlereth over and, television. Yep. And yeah, Mark Schlereth is still on TV. Mark May was kind of a joke as a TV guy, kind of a punchline, but he was on for a long time doing college football and pro football. Yep. But Snyder buys a team a 99. And he buys it in May. So if we look from when George Allen started coaching, which is 1971, Mm -hmm. until Gibbs finishes coaching, that's 22 years. In those 22 years, they go 213 to 114 and 1 for a 651 winning percentage. They win three Super Bowls. They're in five. They have 13 playoff appearances. There's a little downturn. Uh, I think there's only one playoff appearance between uh, between Gibbs' retirement in 99. Dan Snyder buys the team. Dan Snyder had the team for 24 years. Uh, 23 years. And, nope, 24 years, I'm sorry. He goes 160, 220, and 2. For a 421 winning percentage. They only have six playoff appearances and no Super Bowls. That is falling off a cliff. And by the way, the best team in that era was a 99 team. Um, where he had nothing to do with it. He had just gotten there. So that team went from being really one of the crown jewels in the NFL to being... It's really hard to only win 42% of your games in 24 years. Yeah, I mean, they're a, in my life, they've been a joke. Like The thing about the Redskins I remember the most is, uh, it wasn't Rex Grossman, but their quarterback running headfirst in the wall to celebrate. And Gus Farratt, baby. Gus, Gus Farratt. Yeah. Then yeah. he has to retire because he hurt himself so bad. Like That was the Redskins of my like, childhood and growing up. They had one... The RG 3s rookie year with Shanahan, the Shanahans, uh, um, Mike and Kyle, yeah. uh, coaching them. And then that playoff game, RG3. and the playoff game uh, in a field that was not kept up. There was always complaints about that field because Snyder was so cheap. He hurts himself. The medical people 
put him back way too early. Um, you know, Mike Shanahan gets some blame for that, but like the the, the doctors have to overrule that stuff. Like that's their job. And the fact is, Snyder completely looked into RG three. When you end up in, with the number two pick in that draft, you're going to get one of Luck or RG three, and that's who they ended up with RG three. And you know, I think I don't. It's not one of the great what could have been's, but I mean, he was so good in college and so good his rookie year, and. I, I don't know. I thought he was on a real trajectory, um, but didn't work out. Then again, Snyder had this the best thing that maybe ever happened to him, just kind of up in flames that he right. into. And in terms of, you know, you were talking about, you know, I said that with Gibbs, it was a counter tray. He was also the first guy to put three receivers on one side of the field. The fun bunch. Yeah, that's right. The fun bunch. The fun bunch, yes. <laughs> they were a very creative offense. They were... Always pretty good defensively. Dexter Manley was was a guy. Dexter Manley was a, yeah. he was a, he was a you know yeah. But like you look at the uh, the Bills Super Bowl, they only had two Hall of Famers on that team. They had Art Monk, Daryl Green, right, and Daryl Green. Uh, they might have three because they may have had uh, uh, they had Grimm too. The Bills had seven, and they they were they were non competitive in that game. Uh, they were just the team was just so well coached. He's he was just an incredible coach, and you know the dynasty is not his dynasty because it goes a little earlier. But realistically, it's his dynasty. You think about a fan base, guys like me and Zach's age, where all of this good shit for the franchise happens. That you mentioned from like George Young, I'm sorry, George Allen, like seventy up until ninety two. And then pretty much what would have been, like, if we happened to just not be Jets fans and be Washington fans, like, a lifetime of abject misery that rivals Jets misery, but at least we've, since 92, we've been to, like, five conference title, uh, four conference title games, like, or three, four. Bunch of playoff appearances, a lot more success in Washington. That fan base, people of, like, our age, that's a tortured fucking group, man. Seriously. Well, you think about... Yeah, yeah, I feel bad for them. I mean, I, you look at, like, just some of the teams they've thrown out there. And also, Steve you know, Spurrier. the, the, the behind, yes. right, right, Steve Spurrier, who, who was upset because he couldn't get, get much golf in during the regular season. But also, the behind-the-scenes stuff was always so disgusting. The, the culture of the team was disgusting. And it was just, why nobody wanted to root for him. I mean, you think about the teams that were dominant in that time period. You still see... Even though we live in Connecticut, you still see Niners jerseys. You still see Packers jerseys. You still see Steelers jerseys. You still see Cowboys jerseys. The Redskins? No. That's all gone. That Nash, you know, the idea that, that they're a, the Washington football team is a national brand. Yeah, now that you mention it, like last, last 10 years, I haven't seen a single Washington jersey. How many, how many Washington fans do you, you know? If you live in Washington, you'd be like, yeah, but yeah, now I'm gonna, but, but like, that room for the local team. Yeah. Right. When I was 16 years old, I really wanted a Sean Taylor jersey, and that was almost 20 years ago. <laughs> right, yeah, right. That's about it. Right. I mean, they, it's just not been Snyder. Snyder. Snyder killed the team. Did every, did the worst job owning a team as you can do, and then sold the team for like a 5.5 billion dollar profit. I wanted to squeeze this in just at the end here real quick that where and Jack King Cook, Jack Kenton Cook was not necessarily like any kind of saint, but that stadium, 
that becomes FedEx Field, there was an agreement that it was it was going to be named Jack Ken Cook Stadium. And once Snyder takes power, one of the first things he does, one of the first things he does, is he takes a call from FedEx offering $75 million to sponsor the field. And he takes it. And what was supposed to be Jack Kent Cook Field Stadium, whatever, goes right as soon as Snyder takes it over, it goes right to FedEx, right to the highest bidder. Yeah, that's why it's it's all downhill ever since for that franchise. It's why it's ridiculous. You hear like with the name change, the the arguments and the fights about the culture of the team and like Snyder's killed the culture of the team. Culture of the fan base, franchise, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, there is no culture, in no matter what they're called. Nope. Now, like, you know, you look like the Nationals. There are politicians that go to their games, sure. like, big names. They're, they won a World Series four years ago. Yeah. You know? And then you look at, you know, the, the, right, the commanders now, and just their stadium's not full. Uh, and they're gonna be they're gonna be getting a brand new stadium in like the next five years, right? In Virginia, I mean, Harris, the owner of the um, Sixers, and boy, he's done a great job with that team. But he bought it. The easiest thing in the world to do is to succeed him as owner of the team. Yeah, like the bar is so incredibly low. If he wins a playoff game or does not commit sexual assault, he's better. He doesn't have to do both. He just has to do one. So so that this is our dynast, dynastic pro, uh, team of the month. Um, I kind of enjoy doing these forgotten dynasties. I mean, I, we could have done the Packers. I thought of doing the Packers or the, the Cowboys. What are we going to say about them? But this team was fun to look at, fun to read about. Um And uh, we'll be back next week with the Bill Bradley Collective. As always, we thank you for joining us here. And if you liked today's episode, smash that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let's help grow the collective brand. We'll see you all next week on the Bill Bradley Collective.